So my poor Roto-World editors have been uh, hacking through, uh, you know, the gibberish that I sent them trying to make sense of it. So they drink free today. How's the process, Matthew? I can just imagine like 50 cans of empty diet soda next to your desk. William Goldman, late great William Goldman would always talk about the fact that like, you know, when he would write, he'd have to go down to a dungeon. And I, I feel the same way that like when I'm, when I'm writing, it's like a dungeon and I cannot leave until it's done. Diet soda dungeon. Diet soda dungeon, it really is. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy Friday. This is not the Diet Soda Dungeon, but it is the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, who looks caught up on sleep, ready to roll. And, and of course, just, Jake we're, we're, doing, we're, doing this, we're doing this mock draft. We have another mock draft coming uh, you were next Wednesday. You into it there. Yeah, and, and like, it's insane because like, we finish a mock draft like, okay, fine, good. And then another one starts. <laughs> it's like, I, like I'm constantly drafting. Like, and I, I don't have time to draft my own teams that I care about. You know what I mean? And, and that's the other issue here. The other what challenge is, is that at some point, at some, I mean, everyone saw how I did in the last mock draft. At some <laughs> point, you're just like, like it's, just, it's not interesting. It's not a challenge to me. Mm. It's, just, it's, a, it's a snooze fest, to be perfectly honest with you. Like, I like drafting in real leagues where there's a challenge here. That all of you guys just, you know, whatever. Ah. Well, yeah. and by the way, we're not even going to show the results of this upcoming mock draft. <laughs> yeah, oh, we no, absolutely no, are. We're just I'm looking go at your team right to, uh, now. It's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's redemption for Jay and, and Lawrence out there. I have some work to do. I don't like my team so far in that league. best skill position player. It's gone up the rails quickly. Uh, all right. So anyway, yes. No, this is not a dungeon. This is not a dungeon. It is. Uh, it is the happy hour. It's a bar. It's a Friday. TJI Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Uh, we're partying here in an Applebee's. We're ready to be served by Applebee's. Riblets for all. Mm, Applebee's do diet soda as well, which I know you're big on. I'm big on. I'm big on diet soda. By the way, which diet soda available to write? You know your logo here. I'm just saying, like you know, any of the people. It'll literally that, be in a cup right next. Right, to you. it could be in a cup right here. I'm just, I'm just saying. I will know? say as well. When Applebee's you, does serve. I'm sure they have a provider that they, does diet soda. I would assume so. And when you promote something, you want the talent to be really invested in the product. That's and right. I can tell you, there is no one on planet Earth more invested in diet soda and I love for it. I, I drink, I, I drink a copious amount of it. It's um, concerning. This is, it is concerning. <laughs> yeah. It is a thousand percent concerning. I, you know, I gotta stay away. Eleven thousand words don't. Eleven thousand words don't write themselves, guys. That's how we create the content. Yeah, fueled by diet soda, and we will do that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, sleepers, breakout, and bus coming your way in just a moment. But before we get there, let's dive into the Roto World Player News. As we had some football last night, and of course, you can get your Roto World Player News on NBCSports.com. Let's start with a man that's quite popular on this show and Anthony Richardson. I think the stat line is a little different story than what the tape showed, Jay. 6-17 for 78 yards, 5 rushes for 38 uh, yards on the ground as well. But seven, three of those 17 attempts were outright drops. He had what PFF would grade as two big-time throws. Those are special throws. Richardson had some really bright moments last night. Yeah, and you love to see the five carries for 38 yards. I think that's the most important thing because, as we've talked about, he didn't actually run that much in college, as much as you would expect for someone with his gifts. And so if he's doing that on the ground, then all of a sudden he could be a fantasy monster. He's already up to now he's going QB 16 in drafts. I think by the time the season starts, we're going to see that inch closer to QB 12, QB 13. I, I would agree with that. Look, he made... He- he did some good things. He did some bad things. And by the way, that's going to be a theme throughout the year. But we talked about it yesterday. If you think about like the final five games last year of Deshaun Watson, who looked as bad as any quarterback has looked in the NFL in quite some time, right? I mean, for, for somebody that's in theory a starter. Deshaun Watson looked awful, and yet still over the final five games last year, he was QB 16 on a points-per-game basis. Like, he looked as bad as a quarterback can look on a low-scoring offense, and he was still middle of the pack because of the rushing. That is what rushing does. And so Anthony Richardson, who I think is going to be, you know, much better than uh, Deshaun Watson's last five games last year, has that kind of floor. It's not always going to be pretty, but uh, Anthony Richardson, I think, you know, top five-ish fantasy quarterback is within the range of outcomes. Again, I've said all along, I have him at 12, and I'm probably a little bit too low on him. Uh, I don't have a... I will say this. I have my eight quarterbacks, right? I have my eight quarterbacks. I have, I have a, you know, Hurts, Allen, Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Herbert, Burrow, Fields, Lawrence. Those are my top eight in order. After those eight, 
I have no. I mean, I currently have Watson nine, but if you took Richardson at nine, I got no issue with it. Yep. I have no issue with it. He's going. It's not always going to be pretty, but he's going to be special, and he's going to be special this year. Yeah, he just looked better last night as yeah. well, just visually. And I think the thing with him is, I would compare him to someone like Rajon Rondo, where there are a lot of really extreme strengths and extreme weaknesses, and it all adds up to a pretty impressive statistical profile for fantasy, as opposed to someone like Kyle Lowry, who's just really solid at everything. But Richardson has these extreme strengths and weaknesses that real football is going to be damaging I think in year one he's going to throw a lot of picks he's going to have some fumbles but fantasy there's just going to be such volume of just numbers that he's going to produce and just by the way in the future as you're watching our show if you could just make sure you're really up to date on your NBA as well (laughs) it's a requirement football and yeah to understand the football analysis of Jay Crouch that'd be helpful Rich- cricket? Should we also study cricket? Is there? Yeah, uh, is there a? Talk Greg Blewett. Right. Exactly. Like yeah, yeah. Exactly. Is anything like that? Any Brisbane lion that you can compare to Anthony Richardson? Yeah, you remember the team? There you That's go. What we saying last time? Yeah. Brisbane beaters. The Brisbane not beaters. A, not a team or It should be. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. All right. Let's look at the Steelers side of things. Of course, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren both getting some work in this game. Najee four carries for 18 yards and a touchdown. Warren, two carries for 14 yards and a touchdown as well. And Kenny Pickett with a flawless four for four for 86 yards. So, a lot of, yes, it's the preseason, but a lot of positive signs from the Steelers' offense in year two with Kenny Pickett at the helm, Barry. So, yeah, first off, we've been talking this up. I, I, I've been saying this all preseason. Kenny Pickett made my love-hate list uh, as well, which, by the way, available on NBCSports.com, RotorWorld.com. It's available and up for free. Be sure to check that out. But Pickett has... Uh, somebody that I've talked about, I think, uh, takes a big step up this year. He's one of my quarterback sleepers. And I think the entire Steelers' offense takes a step up. Everyone wants to talk about the Lions. Everyone's so hyped on the Lions because of the way they ended the season. And no one talks about how the Steelers ended the season. right? I mean, like, the Steelers went on a very similar uh, winning streak down the stretch. And just no one talks about them. Now, much tougher division, obviously. Um, but... I think I think Kenny Pickett's really interesting. He's been lights out in this first couple of games here in the preseason, as you mentioned it. Like 13 and 15, 199 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions in the preseason. He's been absolutely lights out. Now, Eagles didn't play a lot of starters in this one, so it's the preseason. So, but look, there's a little bit of rushing upside. He's certainly got really nice skilled players around him, and Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth and and Alan, the ghost of Allen Robinson. In the slot, by the way. He's not dead yet. I'm just telling you. Like, Allen Robinson, Robinson may stuff. still be a thing. Calvin Hello. Austin is not somebody you're going to want to draft. But Calvin Austin, like, you know, a couple of bubble screens right there. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's got 50 yards. I, uh, I'm, in on the Ste- I'm, still on the, I'm, st- I'm in on the Steelers' offense this year is taking a step up. And specific to the running backs, I'll say two things. I'm curious what you guys thought. Uh, I've been very pro-Jalen Warren and anti-Najee Harris. We're going to talk about this a little later. I will say this. Najee Harris looked better last night than he's seen him. He looked a little bit more spry. They actually did a passing play to him where he took it, um, you know, just like a little dump off, but like nice yards after, after the reception. If they use him in the passing game at all, which was something they did in the, his rookie year, it becomes a little bit more interesting. Uh, but so it was positive, I thought, a positive performance for Najee Harris, but still, Jalen Warren continues to be the story. Back-to-back preseason games with a rushing touchdown. His rushing touchdown game, his rushing touchdown in this one was a pretty nice run where he where he, he kind of pushed off a defender like he should have been tackled at the three-yard line. And so Warren, who I don't think gets credit as a bruising running back, bullied his way into the end zone on that one, Connor. He's creating his own yards, and I think that's something the Steelers will really value with him. Najee's typically a player that will run through someone or jump over them, and I think Warren just brings a different change of pace to this backfield, which is probably why they're trying to get him more work this year. Yeah, we're in the mock that we're doing at the moment, I just got Najee in like the sixth round. He was I had to look up that he didn't like do his ACL Same. last yeah. night. I just yeah. didn't understand that. That's, I think I understand the skepticism about Najee, but there is a point at which everyone becomes valuable. He's dropping exactly. to the fifth round, sixth round. I have no problem with you taking him in the aggressive. sixth round. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah. One thing for you, Connor, the offensive line of the Steelers, Like, what do you think that that group looks like at the moment? Because I think that's really the turning point for, for Pickett and the offense because that offensive line hasn't been good in years past. It hasn't, and they've been slowly working their first-round pick, Broderick Jones, in. He hasn't seen a ton of time early in camp with the starters, so I think that's a big question for me is what kind of leap can this unit take after some free agency signings and Broderick maybe not being a week one starter? So that's where I temper my expectations for somebody like Najee Harris and maybe even Warren because I don't know how good of a run-blocking unit this will be. But isn't that, like, again, you know, I mean, who knows, right? We're not in camp every single day. But the fact that he can't crack the lineup, so maybe he's developing slow or maybe 
you know, Mike Tomlin, who's a very experienced coach, is sitting there looking, you know what, actually, I don't think I need the first-round rookie. Okay. We look yep. okay. I like the signings we've made. They're starting to gel in camp. And so there's one that you could look at it just saying, like, it's a disaster and they drafted poorly and this kid's going to be a bust. There's another way to look at it saying, like, actually, like, the team is gelling. The fact that the first-round pick can't make the starting lineup immediately is actually a pretty good sign that the line might be better this year. Yep. And I think he'll be in good shape, Roderick yeah, Jones. He was I a, do too. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not worried about the selection there at all. And their line should take steps forward. And I think the most important thing is year two Kenny Pickett. He will get the ball out even faster, yep. which is something that you saw signs of when he had the breakout seasons at Pitt. He's a deep league. He's a, he's a you know, two-quarterback league, deep league quarterback play. But what's important here in terms of Kenny Pickett is, A, I think he's going to be viable as a bi-week fill-in or, like I said, as a two-quarterback league play. But also, he's going to be good enough to get the ball to the guys we care about, the Deontay Johnsons and the oh, George yeah. Pickens of the world. Over in Broncos camp, Ian Rappaport reports that Jerry Judy's hamstring injury will cause him to miss uh, several weeks is what they're expecting here, Jay. So a pretty significant injury, again, for the Broncos wide receiver corps that is just stockpiling these injuries. Yeah, it's like the city of Denver did a deal with God to get the, Bron- to get the Nuggets and Avs titles at the expense of uh, everything good around the Broncos. Just constant injuries, not just this year, but years past. Obviously, year from hell last year overall. But, I mean, at the moment, we're looking at uh, the great Marvin Mims Jr. now is going to be wide receiver two on this team. Uh, researcher Blake Friedman, he had the call that Marvin Mims 24-1 to to lead all rookies in receiving yards. I don't mind that. Even when Judy comes back, Judy's going to be in the slot a bit. I think Mims I mean, is he still in play. redraft leagues? Is he a late-round flyer, or is there just not enough? I think there? he's somebody you watch very closely on waivers because his ability to win down the field and the Russ of old, and if they could restore Russell Wilson, it, you know, should be able to accurately push the ball down the field. But yeah, Judy being out for some time absolutely puts Mims in a role right away in this Broncos pass game. So, look, he is somebody, keep in mind, that uh, about Marvin Mims. And we like, we like the college tape. I know you and I talked about him oh, on yeah. draft night. We like Marvin Mims' college tape. And more importantly, remember that at the time of the NFL draft, Sean Payton comes into this offense. He's got Cortland Sutton. He's got Jerry Judy. He's got Tim Patrick. He's got K.J. Hamler. He's got Greg Dulcich. He's got, he's got all those guys in his passing game and still used a second-round pick on Marvin Mims. That says something. And, uh, that should tell you something about what Sean Payton feels about Marvin Mims. And now, obviously, Hamler's gone. Um, uh, Tim Patrick's gone. And Jerry Judy might miss multiple weeks now with his hamstring injury. And so now you're looking at a, at a receiver set that is probably Cortland Sutton and Marvin Mims. And both guys are going way too late in drafts. If you look at sort of what they've done in the preseason – Cortland Sutton's been getting a lot of looks, even with Jerry Judy out there. And now, Judy, with this hamstring injury, we will see how bad it is. He's scheduled for an MRI. But remember, this is a kid who missed nine games in 2021. He, uh, you know, he missed weeks uh, two through seven there. He's never been a huge touchdown guy. For his career, 269 targets, only nine touchdowns. That is crazy. He hasn't been a big scorer. I, I've been saying that I think Cortland Sutton is a, is a value Previously, now his ADP is going to rise if, if we find out Judy's going to miss significant time. But I do think both Sutton and Marvin Mims need to move up draft boards, and uh, they're certainly going to be move, moving up in my ranks. Yeah, right now, Colton Sutton is going after Brandon Cooks, Odell Beckham, Traylon Burks. Like, I'd rather have Colton Sutton than all of those guys. And I think coming into last year as well, we like Sutton a bit more than Judy, and Judy had the better season ultimately. Uh, but I think there's still a lot of talent in Sutton and upside. Yeah, he, he's a big-bodied guy who can win 50-50 balls. And so, again, this is sort of a very lazy comparison, but I don't think it's completely inaccurate if you just think about how Russell Wilson targeted DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in Seattle. Like, Cortland Sutton's kind of the DK Metcalf yep. role. And I'm not saying he's DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf is built differently than just you most and him. human beings. <laughs> just yeah. me and him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Only the you only two guys Zara on the planet. Yeah. The three of us yeah. are really the only three guys the that three are built like that on the planet, you the know, three yes. musketeers. We've walked into bars before and people don't know who's who. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they go, that's um, a big three. We, yeah, we've done, those th- we've done those things where we, you know, like, like DK has walked in to say hi to my wife and she'll be like, hi, honey. And I'm like, no, it's not me, honey. It's, that's DK. It's like Travolta, she's like, you got me. Travolta and Cage and Faisal. It pretty yeah. much is. It's a little Freaky Friday stuff there, 100%. Um, I've definitely fooled my wife more than once when I've had DK walk into my house instead of me. But, but what I will say, what I will say... If we can get back on track here, yeah, guys. Yeah, trying. <laughs> yeah. Is that I do think – no, but I, I do think that 
Cortland Sutton in terms of a big-bodied red zone target for Russell Wilson the way that DK Metcalf was. Again, he was completely broken last year. We're hoping for a bounce back from Russ. But again, in a very narrow target tree, even if Judy is healthy, the fact is, is they've lost Taylor, they've lost Patrick, and they seem to be using Dulcich as more of like kind of this joker role. Like, they've been using Adam Trotman on first and second downs right. a lot of, you know, yeah. so... That's a whole other back, story, by the way. It's a whole other story, <laughs> and I mean, like, you know, Trotman made my hate list. Trotman, sorry, not Trotman, Dulcich made my hate list. Dulcich is going as tight end 11 on Yahoo, which is, like, <laughs> mind-boggling to me. Like, watch the preseason. Like, they ain't using this kid. Like, I, I get it. He had a moment or two last year, but anyway, don't get me started on, on Greg Dulcich, uh, other than just to say, ignore him. Um, <laughs> we'll let that one go. Uh, thank you. I... Uh, I think they'll lean on the running backs more, and you'll see uh, P. Ryan and Javante Williams. But Cortland Sutton and Marvin Mims, both values in drafts at the moment. Our last bit of wide receiver injury news. This is from Adam Schefter reporting. Commanders wide receiver Terry McLaurin dealing with the toe injury is uncertain for the regular season opener against the Cardinals. Sorry for the uh, be the bearer of bad news there, Barry. It's, it's upsetting, but <laughs> luckily... Uh, Sam Howell can pass to himself. That's true. That's, that's the brilliance of Sam Howell. That's, that's the kind of stuff he can do. Look, John Dotson, who's currently, uh, you know, uh, going, I think, too late in drafts, had five of seven targets against the Ravens when McLaurin came out. So they play Arizona week one. So if McLaurin were to miss, you know, Dotson's an easy top 20 play, probably top 15 against Arizona if McLaurin is out. Doesn't sound serious. You know, the fact that, Maybe he misses the Arizona game, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be significant time. So the fact that the Arizona game is still in play week one, you know, feels like. But, yeah, you, certainly you want to, you know, temper expectations a little bit on, um, on Terry McLaurin. I'm at wide receiver 22. I, I think the gap between him and Dotson is uh, too significant, candidly. You know what I mean? I think, I think Dotson at Price is going – you know, way later, he's going as like wide receiver thirty-nine over at ESPN. Like that's just that's too far of too far of a gap. Agreed. I think. So, anyway, uh, so we'll see on on Terry McLaurin. You could see Curtis Samuel step up as well. Maybe some Diami Brown. Maybe Sam Howell's old teammate Diami Brown gets that's a little right. bit of love. Wow, what, you a, know? what a rebirth of that connection we would I'm have. Just, I'm, I'm I've just been saying. Been for it. Hey, well, listen, you college. have you've got you've got Gibson as well, and we'll see about Logan Thomas or maybe Cole Turner, both the tight ends, if they get involved there. Small uh, last thing, one small transaction. Not a, we don't have a whole discussion about it, but just I thought that was interesting. Uh, the Browns traded Josh Dobbs to the Arizona Cardinals, as long as we're speaking about the, the, the Cardinals in week one. And that's who might be facing the commanders in that opening week game as Colt McCoy, like the, some of the reports out of camp aren't great. We don't know when Kyler Murray's coming back. So I interviewed Josh Dobbs a number of years ago at the NFL PA premiere. One of my favorite interviews over seven years that I've ever had. Just absolutely love the kid on a personal level. I'm excited to him. He's sort of bounced around. I never feel like he's gotten a really fair shot, whether it's, a, you know, Tennessee, Pittsburgh. He's bounced around a little bit. So... I'm hoping for Josh Dobbs to, to get some run here in Arizona. Yep, Mike Vrabel liked him enough to start him in a do-or-die game against yeah, the Jags over Malik Willis. I think he might have a degree in space engineering. He does. He, yes. I, I have to tell like, I'm telling Which you. He when I inter- yeah, no, no way. No, but I am telling you, like, when I interviewed him, I'm just like, you're awesome. Like, bright, gregarious, engaging. I'm just like, whenever you're done with football, like, that's a guy that can do almost anything he wants to do. Like, he is... Uh, anyway, I'm just a, I'm a big fan of uh, Josh Dobbs and I'm rooting for him in Arizona. Interesting kind of move there. Yep. Before we get into sleepers, breakouts, and busts, make sure to get the Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code BERRY20, that's all caps BERRY20, for 20% off at checkout. Or you can use J10 or Connor5. Just remember, use all caps. Yes, they are case sensitive. Connor was complaining on the pre-show call that apparently some people <laughs> my code. have uh, been trying to use Connor 5 and were not getting, but it turns out, and you were complaining because you thought NBC had screwed up, but it turns out, no, just Connor's followers are morons because it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's case sensitive. Uh, case sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. The demand probably just searched the code. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was, a, I don't know if it was a case sensitive issue. So many people were putting the code in at once. That Is that what it was? It's yeah. overloaded? Yeah, it overloaded. Our, we our we crashed the servers. servers. Yeah, yeah we crashed the servers. Were not like ready. Swift tickets. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, very much so I've heard. No issues with a J10 promo code. There is <laughs> no, there no, plenty of server space. Still, plenty of server space still available if anyone wants to use the J10 <laughs> promo code. All right, let's get into sleepers here. We each picked two. So yeah. for this exercise, we each picked two sleepers. How we define a sleeper? 
essentially guys that are falling outside the top 100 based on ADP. So, Barry, who are you kicking off with? Yeah, and by the way, the other thing is I didn't want to do is, like, again, because we did my love-hate show the other day. I just wrote love-hate, once again, available for free on NBCSports.com, RotorWorld.com. Taylor Swift, by the way. Taylor Swift drinks for free. If you're wondering who drinks for free today at the happy hours, you see it there. If you read my opening story, you know. Maybe for uh, the year. I'm a Swifty. Yes. Everyone knows I'm a Swifty along with my daughter, so Taylor Swift drinks for free. And I'm not going to lie to you. Pretty much every day. It's not just today. If Taylor Swift <laughs> walks in, she's not buying a drink. Don't worry about that. Uh, but So I didn't want to use any of the people that were on my love-hate list, right? You know, I didn't want to. Uh, I want to try to get some different names. So my, my first sleeper here, how about Tank Bigsby? Okay, so first off, he started the last preseason game uh, uh, for the for the Jaguars. He was used in different situations in the uh, in the in the second preseason game. He's been used it in short yardage situations. Think about how Doug Peterson has used running backs in his past. It has always been sort of a committee, and I think everyone sort of assumes because James Robinson sort of fell off, you know, and Jamichael Hasty had moments last year, but it was really the Travis Etienne show down the stretch. I think people are forgetting uh, Tank Bigsby here, but I think I think there's a chance that he's immediately in a in a scoring role on one of the better offenses in the NFL. Like I think when they get in close, they're going to bring in Tank Bigsby, not Travis Etienne. We like the Jaguars' offense in a pretty easy schedule. And then, oh by the way, obviously if Etienne, who has suffered major injuries in his, NFL, his short NFL career, if anything were to happen to Etienne. ETN, Tank Bigsby immediately becomes a rock-solid fantasy starter. So just a player that I like. He's getting nice buzz out of training camp. The strongest handshake I had at the end. Like, he is a, he is a strong dude. He is, he's he's like a, with that he's, right, yes, he's he like, to be. Uh, right? He's like a young DK Metcalf, a young Matthew Berry in terms of just physical strength, upper body strength, Tank Bigsby. Let's hope that Tank Bigsby doesn't walk into your uh, Connecticut home at any point. Uh, it's a good cause. <laughs> Confusion, as we know. Do you no, we don't look anything alike. We don't look anything uh, alike. Just in, okay. No, no, right. because like he's DK. shorter than I am. Uh-huh. He's shorter than I am. This is a giveaway. Whereas you and DK, same D- DK, D- yeah, yeah, DK so. and I are really, like, we, we share that. suits. Like, we're, we're, you know, <laughs> is that my shirt, DK? No, no, man, it's yours. Ah, you know, we just have a lot of fun. All those. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because, you know, it's just it literally we're, we're both, like, off the rack, you know, in terms of, oh, in terms of our size. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, anyway, take pics, me. <laughs> Thoughts? I like it. Listen, Tank Bigsby, Tank Bigsby, somebody at Auburn last year, got no help from his offensive line, breaks tackles, great leg drive. Doug Peterson, obviously somebody that is going to kind of spread the ball around in the backfield, I yeah. think. Sure, Etienne will get maybe the bulk of carries. But Bigsby will have a role this year uh, as a rookie, and especially where they took him in the draft speaks volumes to what they think of him. Yeah, he's going as running back 48 over on ESPN. That's like, right. I mean, like, so anyway. One ETN injury away it, from a massive role. I, I, think he, I think he will be a, you know, potentially viable flex role in 12-team in or deeper leagues immediately. So I think he's going to have a 10-touch-a-game role from the start. Okay. And then I think he's got massive upside as insurance to anyone that drafts ETN. So I think there's dual value there with Tank Bigsby. But I do think he's going to have value in a standalone role because I think they will use him in short yardage. My first sleeper here, I'm going uh, Rashid Shahid, the wide receiver from the Saints that made some noise from weeks 13 to 18 last year, played 66% of the snaps over those final five games. Listen, I like the fit with Derek Carr. Shahid yeah. is a guy that knows how to win down the field, averaged over 17 yards per reception last season. And I'm sorry, Jay, but my belief in Shahid, who you can get free, I mean, his ADP yes, is on Mars right now, is that once Michael Thomas goes down at some point of this season, I think Shahid can be the guy across from Chris Olave in an offense under Derek Carr that could push the ball down the field. Yeah, uh, I'm walking back my Michael Thomas love. I spoke to someone who's... Oh, no. oh, God. <laughs> You're not allowed to! Uh, Absolutely that's not! That's all You're not allowed to... No, 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 not that. I spoke, is... to, spoke to someone who's kind of plugged in with the science. He's like, you should walk back to Thomas. <laughs> They've been watching <laughs> your content yeah. and gave you a call. Like, you that's right the worst feeling in the world, by the way. So, I don't know. I don't know if Michael Thomas's ankle is in a great spot. So, I'm out of Michael Thomas. They got their mock drafts. I'm in on Derek Carr, though. We tried. Is he being allowed, Connor? I need a ruling here. I need a ruling. So, every mock draft. I want to poll. Somebody, I'm going to poll this out during the commercial break. Is Jay allowed to walk back his love for Michael Thomas? We'll put a poll. We We're putting a poll on Roto World. Let's put a poll. Yeah, can we get the Roto World social handle to do that as well? Please do that real quickly. Um, yeah, yeah, I want to. I want to. I think you're stuck th- with him. Yeah, I think you might. I don't think you're allowed to walk it back. I'll stay with Michael Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Jay, though, for propping up my point of draft Rashid Shahid for free. <laughs> yeah. By the way, yeah. literally your last pick in your draft takes Shahid. You might have a flex play down the road. 
We've talked a lot about how Derek Carr is the perfect quarterback for Chris Olave because of how good he is throwing the ball deep. And to your point about uh, Shahid, like, again, he, um, he caught 82 – this is a great stat – 82% of his targets. He caught 82% of his targets, which is the highest catch rate for a player with an average depth of target, an A dot, above 10 yards, minimum 30 targets. Like, he is somebody that you can throw it to him deep, he wins down the field, and he's going to come down with the ball. I like the call, Connor, especially given how the fact that you and I have known for three months now that <laughs> Jay's beloved Michael Thomas is not going to be a thing this year. Well, last thing on Shahid, good thing is that Derek Carr, for as uninspiring as he might be, it's a fantasy choice. He never gets hurt. He never, That's ever true. gets hurt. He plays every single game, so I think they're going to have solid quarterback would, play. Would, for, would you say he's the anti-Michael Thomas? Uh, yes, you could describe him as such. Uh, uh, there could be some Michael Thomas Jags vibes for me where I jump off now, <laughs> and then he just goes up and puts 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. So, What's the movie? I'm, I'm try- is it Unbreakable? What's the, what's the movie where it's, it's Bruce Willis and Samuel Sam Jackson? Sam Jackson, yeah, it's Unbreakable. Unbreakable, where yeah. they're like complete opposites of each Mr. other, that Glass. kind of stuff. Yeah, Mr. Glass, right, yeah. exactly. So it's, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's what it is. That's Michael Thomas to Derek Carr. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, it's not a bad call. One of your better ones, Matthew. Uh, I'm going to go with Gabe Davis as my sleeper. Last year, Gabe Thank Davis... you for reading Love Hate, by the way. Yeah. Gabe, Gabe, Gabe Davis was a love. He's on the Love Hate, love oh, I didn't hate get list. To that so part. thank you very much. Interesting. A, lot of, a lot of words. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Gabe Davis is going as wide receiver 25 last year. He's going as wide receiver 44 this year. And I think the only reason for that is he had a high ankle sprain in week two of last season. Week one against the Rams, he goes four for 88 and a touchdown, which is great for Gabe Davis. And then he has a high ankle sprain against the Titans in week two, and he's never right the rest of the season. And so I don't really understand why he's going 19 spots later among wide receivers, because that I think it's just everyone is biased by the injury, and I think that he is still in the exact same position that he was last year. Maybe Dalton Kincaid cuts in a little bit more, but little. outside of that, right. I think that he has every chance to be a top 30 wide receiver. He's certainly got the skill set. Here's a guy who led all players in average depth of target last year. 47% of his targets came on deep passes. You know, he was sixth in routes per game. There's a reason why we were so high on him going into last year. We've seen the touchdowns. We've seen how often Josh Allen looks for him when they get in close. The injury, the high ankle sprain is a real thing. He played through that. That's the thing. He only missed one game last year. He played through that. He was less than 100%. Yeah, I'm in on game Davis as well. I like the call quite a bit because, you know. I already made it, you know, and you just, whatever, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Just go ahead. Just read my love-hate list. That's right. You might have my next one. Okay, good. All right, Barry, back to you, and I know Uh you just love saying this name. Chigaconquo. Let's get Chiggy with it. Here we go. Look, from weeks 12 through 18 last year, this last seven games of the season, he was the 11th best tight end in fantasy. He played three games, only three games where he ran 15 routes, right? And he averaged over 13 fantasy points per game. He led all tight ends in yards per route run last season, second in yards per target, and yards after catch per reception. And I think when they – and so he was a a trendy sleeper for myself and a lot of people. And then the Titans go out and get DeAndre Hopkins, and everyone's just like, oh, I'm out on Chigaconquo, and his ADP starts falling. But now with this injury of Traylon Burks, there's actually a better opportunity for a Conquo, and yet – his ADP is low and hasn't risen back up, even given the, the, the Burks injury. And by the way, I, I'm in on Hopkins this year. Like, I think he's got, you know, another good year in him. But I could be wrong. I, like, I mean, they're, they're, we, we don't know, right? I mean, so I just think that this offense, and especially given Aconquo's ability, like, targets are earned. And so the fact that he was able to do what he was able to do on such a limited time frame, and now he's got the full tight end position to himself. Like, yes, DeAndre Hopkins is going to command a, du- a bunch of targets, but with Burks hurt, I, I don't know. I To me, I think Chigaconquo uh, is somebody that, you know, is a is an upper-tier tight end, too, that with a, couple of t- with a little bit of touchdown luck could easily be a number one tight end this year. Okay, well, first a top ten, Number one meaning a top ten tight end. Okay, well, if his name was Brian Davis or something nondescript, he wouldn't be on the love list. You like saying Chiga Conco. I do Second, like Chiga Conco. I do, I think, do like saying it. I do think there is something to the fact that their offensive line is maybe the worst in football, and I think in a way that could play to Chig a little bit just because they're not going to have any time for deep routes down the field to yeah. wide receivers. I think there's going to be a lot of short and intermediate stuff to tight ends out of necessity. And he played really well last year in his, in his time. I'm sticking with the tight end theme here and going with Sam Laporta as my other sleeper. Listen, with Laporta, 
This is not only based on talent, but based on landing spot. We've talked often on the show how much target love uh, Mon- Ross St. Brown is going to get. Obviously, Jamison Williams is suspended for the first six games. When you look at the Lions, this is what you have to know about the tight end position for them and their offense. They scored 12 touchdowns last season. That was tied for second most. They ranked top 10 in tight end red zone targets. We've already seen it this summer. This is an offense for Jared Goff that schemes open the tight end. They use all the Ferraris around him as eye candy, and it's easy layup touchdowns in the end zone for the tight ends. That is Sam Laporta's job to lose. He has run with the ones this entire summer. He is going as tight end 19 in drafts based on ADP. Barry, I know you have him a little higher there. I think Laporta is, if you're out on taking a tight end early, you're out on the Kittles, the Wallers, the Mark Andrews of the world, I would just wait and take a flyer on a guy like Laporta this year. I, I talked to a team source, and you know, from what I understand, yes, as all expected, the passing offense goes through Amon Ra St. Brown. But if they're throwing to somebody down the field that isn't Amon Ra, it's going to be Sam Laporta. Like, they've got some other tight ends there, but when he's out there, he's going to be, he's there to be the passing tight end to play the Hawkinson role yes. in this offense. And so, like, yes, they will use Jameer Gibbs, and you'll see a sprinkling of Marvin Jones and Josh Reynolds and obviously Jamison Williams when he comes back. But honestly, Sam Laporta, like, for the first six games of the season, certainly, I think there's a very good chance he's second on the team in targets, you know, if, if you don't count the running backs among, among people beyond the line of scrimmage. Yep, that makes sense to me. I'm also going with a tight end, Tyler Higby. Okay. I'm going to read out the best players on the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, oh, across... I thought you were just going to read out what I wrote about him in my oh, little page. He told me not to read it, mm. and I didn't read it. Yeah. Uh, I don't the, believe any of this, by the way. Like, the at best, some point, do your own work. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> That's all I'm asking, Jay Croucher. The best players on the L.A. Rams. Yeah. Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby might be fourth. He yeah. genuinely might be fourth. And there's outside. And in terms of who he's competing with for targets, Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, not scared about those guys. Not really scared not about, about Puka. Cam, not really. Not really scared about Cam Akers as a uh, as a receiving threat. And last year, Tyler Higby had 108 targets. I think just through volume, whatever happens on that team, whoever is the quarterback the second half of the season after Matthew Stafford may get hurt, which seems at this point somewhat likely. Uh, I just think that Tyler Higby is not exciting. I don't think he's going to get a ton of touchdowns because of the team, but I think he's just going to be able to put up you know, 5 for 65, 5 for 57, and be uninspiring but be able to produce. Tyler Higby is coming off a season in which he had the third highest target share 20.9% among all tight ends, was top five at the position in targets, receptions, and red zone targets, and top ten in receiving yards. Matthew Stafford's return should help stabilize that Rams offense. So you read my See, that's, that's what I wrote in Love Hate, yeah. available for free on NBCSports.com. I'm just, I'm, I know you just came up with it independently, yeah. but I just thought I'd read to you what, what I wrote about Tyler I did. Tyler Great Higby. months. Great right. months. Yesterday. Yeah. Me, you, DK Metcalf, all cut from the same it's cloth. Pretty much. Noah Lyles is on a mission and is giving us an all-access yeah. look at his training and what it will take for him to break Usain Bolt's world record. Episode 1 of Untitled, The Noah Lyles Project, now streaming on Peacock. That's kind of a cop-out to call an Untitled show Untitled, isn't it? Yeah. Come on. Get a crazy. Clear the Shelter is NBC Universal Local's annual nationwide pet adoption and donation campaign returns for its ninth consecutive year, August 1st to the 31st. As part of the month-long campaign, NBC and Telemundo owned and affiliated stations across the U.S. and Puerto Rico partner with animal shelters and rescue services in their communities to promote pet adoption and raise funds to support animal welfare. I don't know how they did it. They, they picked the cutest dogs ever for that. One of our now, own makes this? the list. Bella Chick, yes, named after the Bill. Bella rescued at just a year old as an eight-year-old Boston Terrier with uh-huh. a high motor. Rescued right up the road through furry flights to freedom in Sharon, Connecticut. Nice. Oh. And that is, uh, so that's an old, as you can tell by the hair, <laughs> that is an old picture. That is me and my dog, Macy, um, who was a uh, rescue dog. I had, uh, I had Macy in L.A. with me, and then she came out uh, with me to Connecticut when I moved here in 2007. Uh, she is sadly no longer with us. Had about uh, had about 15 years with Macy, but uh, she was a she was a rescue dog, and uh, you know, my best friend for a long time. 15 years. I will just tell you, res- yeah, and I will tell you the thing about rescue dogs is they are so grateful. They are so you know appreciative of just having a loving home and having stability in their life. Like it is, um, it is really. I will just tell you this, that if you are, and pets are big responsibilities, only do it if you have the ability to take care for the pet. But if you do have the opportunity and the ability, 
I will tell you that it is a great thing. It is a incredibly rewarding thing to bring a pet into your home and to give give these grateful pets, you know, dogs, what oh, cats, whatever, whatever, whatever uh, you and your ch- your family like, uh, a wonderful home, a loving home. A reminder that is clear the shelters. All right, let's get into breakouts before we get into bus. Open your homes. Barry, Barry, well, you know who needs a, I'll tell you who I needs a dog. I could have made a joke there. You know who I needs a dog? So no, much. no, you know who needs a dog? Jake Croucher's kids. He's, he's got three. I actually kids. asked him about no, this. No, this is, like, in all seriousness, these poor kids. They're, they're under the age of five. <laughs> and, and these poor children. These poor children. Here's, you know what they have? They have like New York Liberty jerseys. Hey, like that's what they have. And one of them's got a Spider-Man jersey. Like, but like, and it's like that's all they have to play with. Like, I've I've been. They have empty cans of Vegemite and like the New York small uh, New York Liberty jerseys. And you're like, these poor kids have no love. That all they do is they sit on the couch and they watch the degenerate gambler dad argue about the you know the second half over under. And I'm just saying. I'm just saying, give these poor kids a chance. Give them some love. Open up your home. Why don't you go to clear the shelter and get a dog for your poor, poor children? I will pay for whatever the fee is. I'm still rattled by the thought of Vegemite coming in a can. Uh, <laughs> it, doesn't it's it? usually in a jar. I, I believe it's I don't in a jar. Whatever it is, whatever it comes in, I know that's what they play with. They just roll and like it's just. They have, been, they have like, honestly been some discussions about bringing a dog in. Well, pet in the discussions. I'm team dog. My wife is team cat. So you know it's, what? It's a war that's being waged. No, no, no. It doesn't need to be a war. I'm here. I'm, I, everyone, <laughs> I, everyone knows this about me. I bring people together. Right. I am I'm the great uh, bringer together, right? I'm all about love. Mm. Let's get both. Want oh, a dog for yeah. you, a cat for your wife. What could wow. be better than that? You open up a can of fight. You're gonna yes. say can of worms, a can of Vegemite berry. Yeah. Really yeah. so There's something to think about. Just think like that way, and honestly, here's what you should do. You get you get a you get a dog for you and one of your children because you got three right. You get dog for dog for you and one of your kids, cat for your wife and one of your other kids, yeah. and then the third kid gets I don't know like a parakeet or something. <laughs> parakeet or something. Parakeet. <laughs> They're quite oh, loud. A koala bear. Get a koala bear. That's what we're doing. Get him a koala bear. You put them on a leash, right? Yeah. Yes. You you must have, like, a little fence in the yard. You'll be fine. Ah, koala bears are like climbing up the fine. Have the rope over it. No, please. Have you ever seen Sing or Sing Two? Koala bears are adorable. They wear little bow ties. They 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 try to put on Broadway productions. That's yes, yes. I've seen one on the bow tie out in the on the wild. Watch. Go watch Sing or Sing Two. Okay. Both. By the way, a proud Universal movie. By the way. Company man here. Like that. Uh, the kids love to sing. Yeah, we'll watch it on television. Next Roto World poll: the pet of the Croucher household. Yes. Dog, cat, koala like bear, parakeet. Parakeet. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Your children don't understand where they come from. That they have Australian roots, yeah. and a pet koala bear <laughs> yeah. would be a way for them to understand where they come from. That could be the move. Uh, just, and you've already got the dog and the cat, so it's just for the third kid. <laughs> yeah. Just for baby pets. Rio, for our yes. koala. Yeah. yeah. All right, Barry, Rio, how about a, a, how about a break? They're horrible. <laughs> They're terrifying. They scratch. They have claws. Oh, they will rip your face well, You know off, what? You know what? i got to tell you something. Mm. Rio needs to understand that it's it's a tough, a rough and tumble world out there. Yeah. Like, if she, can, if she can handle stuff with a koala bear, you know, <laughs> you don't have to worry about her on the school bus at some time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. Her later in life, when she's dealing with with credit cards and real life things, she'll always be able to lean back on the fact that she took care of that koala bear. Thank you very much, Parent of the Year over here. Oh boy, God bless. <laughs> I, I don't just give fantasy advice; I give parenting advice, I give love advice, advice, I give marriage advice. I've been giving advice my entire life. I'll tell you who would love. I'll tell you who's somebody that could uh, uh, calm a koala bear. Mm. Sam Howell. There's your segue. Buddy. There you mm. go. Nailed Sam it. Howell nailed it. Wow. From he downtown, could. he can do anything. He can do anything. So we're doing breakouts right now, right? We're doing breakouts, and, and the idea behind breakouts, Connor, here, I'll do your job for you. Sure, yeah. Sorry, I got this. You got Don't Jay's you, house. You, guys, you have my yeah. job. You guys just take a, you guys take a break. Just here. Diet soda Camera one, just on me the entire time. Here we go. Uh, all right, look, so what I'm going to tell you is, oh, there we go. There's camera one. All right, thanks. Hi. All right, so here's what we're thinking about with breakouts. Somebody that takes the next step. These are people that are known, but somebody that has a new role, like somebody that could become a QB1 or an RB1, or somebody that takes a significant step forward that breaks out to a new level of production that we have previously never seen from that player before. And I chose Sam Howell, uh, who is going as QB29 on ESPN. I'm at QB20 currently in my new rankings update. I think he's going to move up to like in the 17 range. Right, we, 
we know about we, we've talked about the rushing right he's had one career start that game against Dallas last year 35 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown his final season at North Carolina over 1100 rushing yards 11 rushing touchdowns more rushing yards than Anthony Richardson you will win bar bets with that stat Jahan Dotson Terry McLaurin the two running backs whether it's Logan Thomas or Cole, Cole Turner, Curtis Samuel, he, he's got a lot of weapons around him, and he's got an offensive-minded coordinator who wants to push the ball down the field. Uh, so I, I know everyone's going to call me Travis Homer over here, and I get it, but I'm a believer in Sam head. Howell, and it's not like it's not that crazy because this is somebody who there's a lot of reasons why he's, he's slid in the draft. But he is someone who, at one point in his college career, Connor, and you back me up on this, had a first-round grade on him from a number of people that do that for a living. Yeah, the summer before his final college season, he was in the first round of every single mock draft as a top quarterback. And the talent fell off. He made Around some him mis- at North Carolina. Yeah, at North Carolina. He made some mental mistake turnovers on the field, and for some reason it nuked his stock way, way too far the other way. He looked like a guy with all the talent. Okay, day two pick that needs to be developed, and then he falls all the way to day three of the draft. It just... It just was an overcorrection for Sam Howell's last college season. Yep. And I think he breaks out this year. Okay. Hail the Commanders, hail victory. <laughs> so I have two breakouts. And if he does break out, this is Jay, I, I don't know if you heard this, but if he does break out, you will get a, qu- a pet koala <laughs> for, your, <laughs> for your dog. Wow, right. We're on a betting streak get here. A, a lot of the dinners. Cardinals week one. <laughs> yeah, so dead. Good luck, yeah. Jay. Josh Dobbs, let's go. Yeah. Two breakouts for me. How about George Pickens on the Steelers and Brian Robinson Jr. on the Commanders, uh, which could be aided by the breakout of Sam Howell. But we'll start with Pickens here, guys. Listen, over 13 points per game in 10 games last year. He was top 10 among wide receivers in yards per target. This is somebody that knows how to win down the field. Very similar. There was a time where George Pickens was viewed as the most talented wide receiver in college football. Some things just didn't go his way. Um, He obviously had a significant injury in college, but this was a first-round talent that went in the second round. I think him and Kenny Pickett will be working on the same wavelength since they came in together. And year two, Pickens is somebody that will absolutely win down the field for Pittsburgh. So, uh, totally agree. Love Pickens, right? I mean, the questions with him coming out of the draft were never a talent. They're all off the field stuff and everything like that. And it seems like they have figured that out. Pittsburgh is, if you have a problem player, again, think about Antonio Brown outside of Pittsburgh. Think about Le'Veon Bell outside of Pittsburgh. Like, that is a team that just because of the way that, that because of ownership and management and Mike Tomlin, like, you walk the straight and narrow when you're a Pittsburgh Steeler and. You know, Pickens has all the talent in the world. We've already talked about the fact that we like uh, the Steelers' offense to take another step this year, including Kenny Pickett. Yep, wide receiver factory. As for Brian Robinson Jr., real quick, I just think he's going to be the workhorse of that backfield in between the tackles. There's more on the plate in the pass game. He's further removed from an injury where, let's not forget, he was literally shot and came back to play last season. He was a very effective running back for Alabama in college, especially between the tackles. And I think if Sam Howell gets going, which I think we believe he will, that means Brian Robinson's opportunities in the red zone get going as well. And I love the fact that they're starting to use him a little bit in the passing game. Even a couple of receptions a game just starts to add up. Yep. Okay, my two breakouts, Kenny Pickett and Damian Pierce, a couple of second-year players. And the thing I'm looking at here is, in fantasy and betting, always looking at last year's results and basically, like, what is a lie in the numbers? And I think there are a couple lies in the Pierce and Pickett numbers, which will have them improve. Kenny Pickett last year started his career by playing the defenses of the Jets, the Bills, the Bucks, who had a good defense, Dolphins, Eagles, Saints. That was absolutely brutal. brutal. That was a brutal initiation, and he wasn't good, and it screwed up all his numbers for the season. And then after that, he really turned the corner, had those two late-game winning drives in prime time against the Raiders and the Ravens. I think the talent is there. I think the O-line, while still questions, will be better, and the wide receivers uh, will help him uh, reach his potential. So really high on Kenny Pickett. Also really high on Damian Pierce, where last year, we think back, Week one, it was the Rex Burkhead show, inexplicably. And then at the end of the season, they really put him in cotton wool. And he had that massive stretch in the middle where he turned into a monster and became favorite for offensive rookie of the year. I think that he can get back to that talent. I think he's a top 10 pure runner in the NFL. And I think that team will be a little bit better as well to put him in scoring position more often. Both Kenny Pickett and Damian Pierce made my love list. They legit did. No, you know, I mean, they did. The article is what the article is. I can't go back and change it because, you know, you suddenly, like, you know, popped up this morning and (laughs) decided to, you know, throw a couple of names out there but uh i agree. so anyway it's a long way of saying i agree with you on both those uh both those calls Pickett more mobile than i think he gets credit for four different games last year we had 20 or more rushing yards he had at least 10 rushing yards in 10 of 13 games last year for Pickett. so i think they'll use his wheels a little bit more again he's not josh allen lamar jackson but 
Could he get you, you know, a point, two, three points a game? He could. You know, maybe he gets you a couple of rushing touchdowns by the end of it as well. And I love Pierce as well, who through the first 10 games of the season was a top 13 fantasy running back. And again, we think the Texans' offensive line is underrated. I think it's a better-than-average offensive line. He's going to get massive workload. He's one of those guys that's just going to get cheap volume, and they just don't I'm not worried about Devin Singletary coming in and taking work away from him. The last guy I'll say, because uh, we all just t- picked two, two, uh, two breakouts, and I went on, you know, a, a qualibear bear tangent. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my, other, my other breakout is uh, James Cook of, uh, of the Buffalo Bills. Sure. I, I just, look, I, I, I'm not that worried about Damien Harris or Latavius Murray or any of the other guys there. They keep saying, the Bills keep saying they want to at least somewhat limit Josh Allen's design runs there's always going to be some element there but like even if like they take two or three or five design runs over the course of a season in the red zone away that could be significant for James Cook 5.7 yards per carry last season second highest among all running backs with 80 or more rushes it's five different games where he got double digit touches where he got at least 10 touches he averaged over 80 yards from scrimmage we expect him to easily get that this year no Devin Singletary there's 215 touches from Devin Singletary last year that are now up for grabs, and I certainly don't think they all go to Damian Harris. It feels like they used a high draft pick on James Cook. They didn't do really anything in the offseason. Again, Harris, Latavius Murray, they've got some guys, but no one that really feels like a real threat to James Cook, who just looks like the real deal. And I have him not only ranked high, and I think he's a breakout this year. I think we're talking about him next year as a top 15 fantasy running back, but I have him higher than his brother Dalvin. Yep, I agree. Let's get into bust. How we define our bust selections is essentially players that we don't like the ADP. We don't think they will live up to those expectations of the ADP. So, Barry, with that being said, who made your bust list here? Yeah, you know what? I mean, so we already talked about uh, Najee Harris a little bit at the top. He was my um, – so I'm certainly nervous about him relative to ADP of Jalen Warden, but I'm going to say George Kittle. Okay. There were seven games last year in which Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk were all active. He had a 15.7% target share. He had eight different games with fewer than 30 receiving yards. He had seven different games with fewer than eight fantasy points. We love George Kittle on the show. Love him as a person. He's a friend of the podcast. He's been on our show. He's a phenomenal talent. The problem is, is A, there's a lot of mouths to feed. He is somebody that has been injury prone previously in his career. And he's an unbelievable blocker. And so there's a chance that he will contribute significantly to the 49ers and still not be a great fantasy option for us, or at least a consistent fantasy option, because they need him to block um, and because they have so many other weapons in that passing game. He feels very touchdown dependent to me, which a lot of tight ends are, and that's fine, except the issue is is that his ADP is tight end five. Like, like he's being drafted as not a touchdown dependent tight end, and I think he's much, I'd much rather wait a couple of rounds and get Dallas Goddard you know, than than where George Kittle is going. So it's not that I quote-unquote hate George Kittle, but I think relative to where he's going, I think he'll be a bust. Yeah. I think we forget that two years ago, Debo Samuel is the second best wide receiver in football behind Cooper Cup. Uh, and I think that Debo, who was banked up last year, will see more of the offense as well. So Ayuk and Kittle will suffer as a result of that. So I went with TJ Hawkinson here. And this isn't that TJ Hawkinson won't be a top six tight end in fantasy football, but I have seen him drafted significantly early. He's always taken his tight end three off the board. He's had a weird, quietly had a weird summer. It's apparently an ear infection that Mm -hmm. was why he hasn't practiced for a while, but it also could be contract-related. There's a lot going on there that's kept Hawkinson away from the field. And quite frankly, guys, I'm just not particularly interested in drafting TJ Hawkinson to be closer to Mark Andrews. I'd rather wait on the tight end market instead. Even Darren Waller is behind a guy like Hawkinson. Waller could have more yards as well if he stays healthy. I understand there's targets out of this offense with Adam Thielen leaving, and we talk about Jordan Addison a lot, K.J. Osborne a little bit. A lot of people are funneling them to Hawkinson, and he might get them. I don't see the upside play here, though, that drafts are indicating. The upside play is what he did last year. I mean, he was a top-four fantasy tight end once he got to Minnesota, and he was just just there trying to learn the playbook. And now he's had all offseason to get familiar with Kevin O'Connell's offense, to get familiar with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins throughout his career has always been somebody that has used the tight end a lot. You think about all the years with Jordan Reed in Washington. So that's the upside play sure. on TJ Hawkinson. And he's also, like, he's really good. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure he was your highest-rated tight end the year he came out. I believe so. I'd have to look back at that draft. I just, I just don't see... But he see... was one of those guys. I mean, he was a guy yeah. that went very high in the draft, and no one was just like, what are the Lions oh, yeah. doing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But then yeah. they traded him, which yep. is very bizarre after using a top-ten pick This on is him. true for a team that's on the, on the rise. So. Indeed. 
Uh, my bus pick, and I hesitate to say this because I do love him, and I think Dynasty, he's still an excellent uh, option, but Brees Hall, relative right. to ADP. Uh, <laughs> don't, no, don't, Connor, no, Connor, stop it. Stop it, Connor. He's going ahead of Damian Pierce at the yeah. moment, and he's going in the same range as guys like Jameer Gibbs and just a little bit after Joe Mixon and Travis Etienne. There's just too much uncertainty. They paid Dalvin Cook. Just, I think they're going to ease him back. There's no reason to yep. run him into the ground. So I'm, uh, I'm just not, I'm not getting Brees Hall in any draft. You have to have a plan for September. Yep. If you're, so it depends how far he falls, which sometimes it overcorrects. Sure. But you're right, his ADP is very high right yep. now. The two biggest Jets fans on this table, and both of you guys, like sitting here, especially uh, I you. I love talking. my Jets. I know you. You supposedly are. For years. We're interviewing Sauce Gardner on Monday, and I'm going to play this clip back <laughs> for him. Do We're going to so break. Let you Don't know. We're back. Last call. <laughs> Heads up. Just you know. The Australian Loveless is coming. Oh my Brace God. yourselves. I'm not kidding. Time for last call. And as you see, in honor of Love Hate Week, Barry asked, I'm writing preseason Love Hate. Give me a guy that should make each list. Right. And boy, did the responses live up to the hype. This one from Madison underscore Madman. Kirk Cousins should make both was the first one and then here you go Barry you had, oh we're a little out of order here guys okay right. <laughs> love Cooper Cup I yep. think he has forgotten what he can do hate Eckler lots of mileage on them legs what we're not Ooh. hating Austin that's insane we're not hating Austin Eckler proud investor of fantasylife.com <laughs> it's my second best wide receiver from a fellow back. Met fan oh, yeah, Met fan <laughs> Met fan 1983 that's actually what else do we have it could be me although I don't hate Austin Eckler right. this is from Andrew love James Conner Hate Cardinals not uh, named James like Conner. Yes, I, like I agree Marquise on Marquis Target there. Yeah, yeah. for him, thousand percent. Sure. By the way, if Zacherts is healthy, yeah, I don't mind Zacherts. Like you know, he's like he's going, game. he's going free in drafts. What else we got? It's from Brandon who said loves Rashad Bateman. Teams up with you there, Barry. Yeah. Hates Najee Harris. That's okay. been a pretty popular one. I feel yep. like this is Brandon clearly read the actual love hate article. Him and Jay, yeah, right front to back. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Brandon. All right, this is from Jerry Logan. Uh, lo- Aaron Jones. The answer is always Aaron Jones. For love or hate, you ask. The answer is yes. <laughs> that's phenomenal. That's kind of free Aaron Jones. Yeah, I love him. You hate his usage sometimes. Yeah, that's fair. That's 100%. That's uh, 100% fair. Yeah, and there was a tweet that didn't uh, show up, but somebody said, yeah, um, Kirk Cousins should be on both lists. And that I was my that. favorite one. Yeah. That's from Ma- uh, Madison underscore Madman. Kirk Cousins should make both. I think everybody sides with that. Yeah, yep. totally get that. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, I mean, it's hard to actively love him or hate him. He's just very Kirk Cousins. Right? Yeah. The He's definition of the mid-tier quarterback. All the, all the yeah, time. Oh, is he all the right. king of I forgot to take a quarterback? And, yes. Well, it's Kirk Cousins' it, time. Uh, pretty yeah. much. Jared Goff. Listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Go to a pet store. Buy a koala. Actually, rescue a pet this weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Drop it off at Jay's house. house.